Hello, and welcome to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, where we talk about all things related to post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress. This means the content of this podcast can be graphic, and if you suffer from PTSD or complex PTSD, keep in mind you could become triggered. If that happens, stop the podcast immediately and take care of yourself. You can always come back and listen later. I'm the guinea pig here, and it is my life I examine on Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. It is my hope that my trials and tribulations, successes and failures, will somehow compel you to examine your life and discover your gifts. Socrates exclaimed, a life unexamined is a life not worth living. This is a call to action for all of us. As a clinical social worker, this was my trade, my vocation. From personal experience, I can tell you, without a doubt, that what you don't know can hurt you. My entire life, I have been compelled to support and encourage people to grow, to boldly look within and courageously examine their lives. Shine your light onto those dark spaces and the solutions you seek will reveal themselves. Now sit down, relax, and listen. Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. Hello, and welcome to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, living with complex post-traumatic stress. I'm your host, Ray Erickson. You know, I've been struggling a bit here in Costa Rica over the last couple months, probably longer, if I actually looked at it close enough. I don't really feel like counting the days I've been depressed because I want to get out of the shitstorm that my marriage has become and move forward with my life. That means I have to let go. Now, everybody has their own take on this term, and everyone has their own load they are carrying on their shoulders. I'm no exception to the experience of holding on to ideas and people who continue to cause me pain. It's a real human thing to do. And I'm sure each and every one of you have hung on too long at some point in your lives. And if you are experiencing complex post-traumatic stress, then you probably have a long and sordid history of holding on to lost causes for far too long. You have endured the pain of holding on to a love that has gone horribly awry and will never right itself, regardless of how much effort and love you inject into it. It's just not going to change. People told me that the situation between my wife and I was never going to change, but I didn't want to accept that. I kept telling myself, perhaps even lying to myself, that everybody can change. Everyone is interested in growth and development. (laughs) Silly me. I am still a naive little boy when it comes to love. I fall in love with a fantasy, and just like all fantasies, the reality doesn't match up to the fantasy. You could say, I'm a sucker for love. Before I go on, I want to thank my sponsor, Out of My Mind Art, at www.outofmymindart.com. Please check it out if you fancy a little whimsy in your life. I have dozens of choices and a variety of products that will charm the pants off of you. Click on the link in the transcript or the episode description. Or simply type into your search engine of choice, Out of My Mind Art, and a link will pop up. 
people say my magic wands are uh, magical. They really do say that. They, yeah, they do. But you can decide for yourself. My goal is that you're not just a listener, but a powerful force of peace and love. Now, back to the program. Holding on is painful. All of you know that from firsthand experience. We were too young to understand how our experiences would impact us throughout our lives, how it would influence every decision we made, how it clouded our vision of who we were and how to live, truly live, in this very strange culture we call mankind. Mankind, look at that word. Two syllables, man and kind. Does anybody see the irony of these two specific syllables being put together to describe an entire species? Well, man can be kind, but for some reason, we are simply too afraid to let go. Let go of what? Well, I think we're afraid to let go of fear. Fear has its place in our lives, and at times, fear has served us well. But at most times, fear undermines our very essence. It keeps us in the closet. It keeps us chained, and at times, perhaps many times in your life, you have been immobilized by overwhelming fear. Don't hold that against yourself. Everyone becomes immobilized by fear, and usually for some pretty good reasons. But when you have complex post-traumatic stress, fear takes on another fucking dimension. It morphs itself into a three-dimensional, high-definition, and surround sound, then embodies the very terror we have experienced. Fear, for me, is like falling into a deep pit, a never-ending pit, where I tumble and descend at an ever-increasing rate until I scare myself out of the matrix. Is usually quite terrorizing at the moment, and all of it, every speck of this experience, came through my emotions. They call these moments emotional flashbacks. I think I'm going to do an entire episode devoted to emotional flashbacks in the near future. At these times, I don't get visual or sensory flashbacks at all. What I experience is a class 5 whitewater cascade of emotion. This is overwhelming, and I become immobilized. At least that's what happens for me. Maybe it's different for you. Please feel free to share with me how fear immobilizes you. You can leave it in the comments section or email it to me at ray at rayerickson.com if you prefer to have your comments private. I'll get back to you right away. Letting go applies to all growth. I can't grow until I let go of the old, and I can't move forward until I let go of the past. In addition, I need to let go of the narrative I created around my wounds. This narrative has been self-soothing, but it also has grown old with the passage of time. My narrative, that sticky place where I get stuck and immobilized, is the story I create in my mind about my life, which... When triggered, overtakes my emotions and I'm catapulted into the emotional flashback. Boom! Like the flip of a switch, like the blast of a bomb, it hits me. And I go into autopilot, which leads me to some highly questionable behaviors. And then, in the aftermath, I feel great shame. 
How many times has this happened to me in my life? I have no idea, but the thought of counting those times absolutely disgusts me, as well it should. That is not where I belong in the past, counting past failures. I belong in the present with gratitude for yet another chance. Hey, how does one go about letting go of an experience, a memory so painful that we buried it deep within our bones? Maybe it takes more than letting go. Maybe it takes an exorcism of sorts. I don't know. I can only speak for myself when I talk about letting go. Each of you have your own experience with letting go, and you may have had a great deal of success, or you may have struggled greatly against the gravity of your own narrative. This struggle is real, and do not demean yourself in the least if your struggle seems to have gotten you nowhere. Look within, and if you brush away the clutter created by your narrative, you will see your growth. I've been talking a lot about narratives we create around our wounds, but I don't believe I ever gave you a decent definition of what I call my narrative. My narrative starts with that voice in my head. You know, you know that voice. Yeah, that one. The one is self-critical and harshly negative. We all have that voice. Freud called it the id. Erickson called it the subconscious. Regardless of what you call it, is probably the loudest voice in your head. It laughs at you when you make a mistake. It chides you when you feel anxious. It hounds you when you feel afraid and insecure. All in all, it's a, it's a real asshole, and it needs to be calmed down. Believe me, I've been trying to calm this voice for the majority of my life. It's better than it used to be, but not as good as I would like it to be. This voice, our narrative, is what we base our lives upon. We use narratives to measure our self-worth and the value we give to others. If this voice is a dominant force in your life, then you are probably struggling right now, and you probably have been suffering for many, many years. This troubles me greatly to know that so many of us torment ourselves day in and day out with an endless stream of personal insults, and denigrations. It's difficult for me to grasp the depth of this pain, even though I have lived for much of my life buried beneath this kind of narrative, just like you. This makes all of us brothers and sisters. If your head keeps punching you in the head, then it's time to let go. Let it go. You're living in the past. How many times has someone said this to you? Let it go. It's in the past. Why do you hold on to such an idea? Each of you know at least one ill-informed person, but it's not your job or my job to enlighten them. Any attempt to raise the consciousness of a person whom you know will not appreciate it at best, or at worst, it could escalate the conversation into a conflict, and you don't need any more conflict in your life. In fact, I crave more peace and harmony in my life and less conflict. I'm sure each of you listeners feel the same way. Egad, give me a break already. Haven't I been through enough? Apparently not. I don't know about you, but in my life, I've been stuck pretty close to my narrative 
and as a result, it has caused me a great deal of pain, sorrow, and grief, all of which I continue to experience in my every day-to-day experience. I can sit here and suffer, or I can do something about it. And since changing others is a fool's errand, I am left with the choice of changing myself. Easy peasy? I don't think so. It would be much easier if those people whom I wished would change would just change for crying out loud. What's so hard about that? (laughs) Yeah, it would be so much easier if others would just be what we needed them to be 24-7-365. What's so fucking hard about that? What's hard about that for me is it doesn't work that way. People are people. Until they see themselves that a change would be good, then just like you and me, we stick to our narrative. Come hell or high water. What's your narrative? What stories have you contrived to protect those vulnerable parts of yourself from being destroyed? And how many of you are holding on to narratives that are slowly slowly beating you down, smashing your nose into the pavement, all because of a story you have convinced yourself is true. Look at your narrative. Look at it closely. Does that voice in your head provide soothing relief? Or does that voice in your head drive you farther and farther away from your true self? I don't know about you, but my narrative is my narrative, and I constructed it through my hopes and dreams, my successes and my failures, my troubles and my joys. It is up to me to edit this narrative into one that is life-affirming as opposed to life-condemning. Your narrative is your narrative to do with what you want. Believe it or not, you are in charge of the content of your narrative. Editing the narrative isn't easy, and it will take constant vigilance, but with time and patience, you can change the story of your life. Your true self knows when you're bullshitting it, which means you can't just brag your way into a new narrative. Your true self will see through your attempts to sidestep your responsibility, and it will throw obstacles into your path. Although the backstory was probably seeded by your parents, whom, in their desire to do whatever they felt was best for you, passed down their narratives to you as a guide for your life. As true this may be, you are still the author of your narrative. You have adapted their narratives to fit your needs, and you have kept alive that narrative for years, if not decades. For many of us, this inheritance from our families was all done without any intention to harm. Oh no, there was never a bad intent. At least that's the narrative I tell myself. In further investigations, I question if my narrative had it all wrong the whole time, but did it? I don't think so. My narrative is too detailed and too entrenched to give itself up easily. Your narrative like your ego, is there to protect you. And if conscious knowledge of terrifying experiences will cause distress, then the narrative is more than happy to write around that painful experience. 
you don't know you are creating a narrative of your life inside of your mind, then start there. Be curious as to what you may be scribbling down up there. Take some time to sit with that voice, the narrator of your narrative, and observe it. Of course, you'll be pulled into the narrative many times before you realize it. But each time you notice yourself within the narrative, then gently take yourself out of it and continue to observe how your narrative responds to your conscious decisions not to go with its flow. The narrative will fight back, louder and with more ferocity. It will hold nothing back in its efforts to get you under its spell again. But don't go there any more than you need to. You can do this by stepping back in your mind and recognize you have fallen into your personal pit of despair, which I call my narrative. First things first, it's critical to recognize when you become swallowed up by your narrative. The stories you tell yourself are exactly that, stories, nothing more and nothing less. They are fodder for your engines of your imagination, but you get to choose what you imagine. You are the boss of your imagination, and just like you, I too imagine way too many shitty things. Many times the shitty things in my imagination become parts of my narrative. Identify those times when you're actively creating more of the same old, same old within your narrative. This is the second step to your freedom. In other words, catch yourself in the act of creating your narrative. In that way, you can pause and take a good look at it. Your narrative loves drama, and you catch yourself in the act of narrating, then you can control what you narrate. This seemingly simple conscious act is much more difficult to do consistently than probably anything you've ever tried in your life. You may be able to shoot a basketball or hit a baseball or catch a touchdown pass every time, but eventually you will slip and slide, fall down, and be crushed into the gridiron many times before your narrative begins to shift its perspective. It's like adding a new character into your manuscript, a character that doesn't play by the rules of the game, a real protagonist, a real up-yours-I'm-not-buying-into-the-bullshit-anymore kind of character. I'm done narrating the same old, same old bullshit day in, day out, month after month, year after year. I'm tired for crying out loud. I can't keep living the same things over and over again. Not anymore. It's time for a change. This is how you need to approach this challenge. It is the greatest challenge of your life, and all you need to do, really, is to let go. Yeah, yeah, I know. Easier said than done. It takes a strong effort to change your narrative, which brings me to the third step, and that is to take control of the narrator. Muzzle that son of a bitch. You're in charge of what you write into your narrative, which is your legacy, your life's most personal story. You are the author. And you get to choose which words you add to your narrative. This is where a lot of people would tell you to attack the negative entries in your narrative, which is not a bad idea, and it is part of the solution. 
but it is critical to identify the really mean and vindictive bastard stories first. This could prove difficult for many people. It's hard to let go of the stories we have created in our minds. These stories provide a structure, the skeleton, you might say. These structures hold your narrative together. Alter these powerful entities and you have the key to your authentic self. How you go about this great challenge is up to you. There are many paths through the jungle, but into the jungle you must go. It's vital to identify those entries, a.k.a. experiences, which have the greatest power assigned to them. These entries you may have buried deep within your bones, although it may be difficult for you to locate these dangerous times, it nonetheless is an opportunity to let go of the fear that these entries have generated over the years. As uncomfortable as it may appear to be, it's critical for you to review and edit these entries. If not outright, remove them or cut them out. Now, this takes a lot of energy, patience, self-acceptance, and perseverance. You have a very greedy editor in your mind, and in the past, this editor within you has not changed one iota. It continuously feeds you a diet of fear and loathing. The editor knows that this is the best way to keep his job. He works at keeping you scared, and by keeping you scared, the editor can manipulate you in any manner they wish. And believe you me, this guy is good at his job. But you need to be better. You need to be strong. You need to be courageous. And you need to fire this son of a bitch and take over as editor-in-chief of your narrative. Sounds easy, right? Yeah, I don't think so. We both know this is not easy. But with patience and perseverance, you will eventually have an impact on the direction your narrative flows. Whew. Wow, that was a mouthful. You will get lots of practice letting go of all the bullshit you've been feeding yourself over the years. There is another step in the installation of the new editor, you, and that step requires that you feel what you didn't feel when these stories were first placed into your narrative. Feel it to the bones until, until you permit it to pass. Here lies the most difficult of stages, your feelings. You see, the old editor didn't want anything to do with any feelings other than fear. In fact, this jerk refuses to print any entry where hope could be heard. No hope for this guy. His job is to keep you scared. It's your job to fire this SOB because until you fire the current editor-in-chief, you will continue to be flooded with mind-numbing stories that do nothing, nothing but generate fear and hatred. He's not doing you a favor, that's for sure, so fire his sorry ass. Do it today. Don't pass go and do not collect $200 until you fire that monster and start doing the job yourself. Capiche? Te entiendes? Yeah, there's a lot of letting go to do here. Plenty to keep you busy, but don't let that overwhelm you. This may be easier than you think. 
Your narrative has been with you all of your life, and you, along with your life, have become one with this narrative. So the first step is to recognize you have a life narrative. The second step is to identify the most damaging stories. The third step is to edit those stories into a form that heals and soothes. Finally, the fourth step is to feel what you felt at those times when you couldn't and apply your conscious compassion for the person you once were. This is an exercise in being the good parent you always wish you had. Self-compassion does not come automatically. It needs to be practiced over time. After all, you have lived a life lacking in self-compassion for a long, long, long time. It may take some time to grow the compassion you need for yourself. Wow, I know, this is a lot to take in. All of my life, I have struggled with self-compassion. Perhaps I need to do an episode on CPTSD and self-compassion as well. What is it and how to grow it? That might be a good follow-up to today's episode. I don't think it would be too difficult. I've got lots of material to work with. Practically every moment of my life, with every beat of my heart, I have an opportunity to practice self-compassion. It's a mindful thing. Your mind has become accustomed to the old editor's ways. Well, that was then, and this is now. Practice mindful awareness of that voice. Pay attention to that narrator and make sure they are not talking a bunch of shit. Hell, you may need to fire them as well and become the editor-in-chief and the narrator if you want to do the job right. So anyway, that's pretty much it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica, Living with Post-Traumatic Stress. I'm your host, Ray Erickson. Thanks also to our sponsor, Out of My Mind Art, for no matter where you live, at your fingertips, thanks to the World Wide Web, you can bemuse yourself with an assortment of magic wands, each with two distinct chimes. They are simply charming. You can find them at www.outofmymindart.com. If you are listening on a platform that permits you to comment or rate this podcast, I will welcome anything you have to say. If you would like to email me, you can do so at ray at rayerickson.com. There, you've done it again. You wasted another 25, 30 minutes listening to Out of My Mind in Costa Rica. And I appreciate each and every one of you who get through the whole episode. You are a wonderful group of very special people. And my hopes for your healing is steadfast. So until next time, be courageous, be strong, and be kind. I'll catch you later.